The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Father, as we sit in the sacred space, acknowledging that we are a collection of all kinds of different storms. We ask that you be our anchor right now. Give us the grace to hear your word. Give us the grace to recognize your voice. And may your voice calm the storm in our lives right now. Right here, Jesus. Right now, Jesus. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in case you find yourself this summer in one of the big theme parks, the Six Flags or the Disney, you know, you know the kind of parks that I'm talking about. And let's just pretend that for some odd reason, you're sad. Sad in a theme park, perhaps it's the heat. If you're in a park here in Texas, I get it. That's the biggest tension. Fun and heat, and it's like I really can't get the good mixture of the both good things at once. Or perhaps it's because you realize that somebody just offered you a lemonade that's really not a lemonade on this hot day, and it's like 20 bucks, and I mean, that will make anybody want to cry. So if, if you find yourself in need of a smile in a theme park, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go find, and they have them in all the places, is the ride that combines Height, speed, and water. You know which one I'm talking about. It's the one that every child wants to go on and every parent wants to avoid. So the one that combines height, speed, and water. But I don't want you to get on and spend two hours on that. I'm not going to make you suffer any, any more than you have to. What you do is you go to the exit of the ride. And somewhere near their exit, there's like a booth, a table of some sort with screens behind the table. And on these screens are pictures. And so this is what happens in these rides. Let's say there's about 10 to 12 people on the ride at once. Eight to 10 of them are having the time of their life on these pictures. Exactly about two people are holding on to the bar because they take the picture and the moment in which you realize that you're nothing, there's nothing to hold you down. The ride is going into the water from a great distance in the height up in the air. And, there, and that moment is when they snap the picture. And so there's two to three people that are holding on to the bar like their life depends on it. And that, that's, that's the fun part. So 
So go and look at those pictures and they'll put a smile on your face and you'll enjoy the rest of your day and you won't even mind spending $20 for lemonade that's not really lemonade. You're welcome. But here's the obvious thing about not letting go is that you really can't grab on to something else unless you let go of what you're currently grabbing onto. You really have no freedom to grab onto something new unless you let go of what you're grabbing onto. You see, in the season of Lent, we take stock, particularly of the sins in our lives that we're still holding onto. And as we refocus our attention to the cross of Jesus, we get to live into the power of Christ that in dying with Christ and being buried with Christ, we might leave in the grave the things that we need to let go. So that in rising with Christ, we are free to grab on to the promises of Christ for our lives. In the gospel reading this morning, we heard probably three of the most familiar stories that Jesus ever told. And Jesus told these stories primarily to illustrate how God really feels about us. To show how unashamed and how unapologetic God is about pursuing and welcoming any of us at any time. But I believe there's even more to these stories. You see, we have three different people. The shepherd and the lost sheep. The woman and the lost coin. The father and the lost son. Each give us a picture of confronting the pain of loss. Now, there are many kinds of loss in life, of course. But this morning, I want to focus on the painful loss that we experience due to sin. Our own sin, or the effects of, of other, sins, other people's sins on our own lives. And I want to focus on how the effect of that sin makes a difference and how we confront these sorts of painful loss in our lives. You see, sin steals from us. Sin destroys from us. Sin is a constant threat to the presence and peace of God in our lives. 
sin unhinges our sense of completeness in God. Sin knows only one mode, and that's to create loss wherever and in whomever it can. Sin can even rob from us the power to let go of sin itself. Sin can even rob from us the power that Christ gives us to let go of sin itself. A couple of things I want to point out about our Jesus' stories this morning. One is in relation to time. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read these stories, in my mind, they, they show up like cartoon form. And I was thinking about why that might be, and perhaps it's because when I was young, one of my first privileges to lose when I got in trouble was TV. But there was grace, there was grace. So my mom would say, okay, you've lost your TV privileges, so if you want to watch TV at all, you can watch these Bible story cartoons on VHS. So many a Saturday mornings were spent watching Bible cartoons on VHS. So that is why I think these pictures show up like in cartoon form in my memory and in my mind. But the thing about cartoons is that they resolve really quickly, right? I mean, especially because they're made for kids and kids have shorter attention spans than we do as adults. And so I read this story, and in my mind, I realize that, that I see the shepherd magically able to control 99 sheep and put it somewhere in just a, like, organized fashion and then run off and go up to the mountain somewhere and without any hiking boots or North Face gear, I mean, and just like sandals and a tunic, and make this fabulous climb of the mountain. And lo and behold, it just happens to arrive at the location where the sheep is. And next thing we know, like in a matter of two minutes, we're throwing a big party with the neighbors. Same with the other stories. The sun goes off and spends all the money in like a matter of days, and he's making his way back, and there's a party. But real time and real life doesn't work that way, does it? In fact, I noticed for the very first time ever in reading these stories that we're actually told nothing about time at all. And I think the point in that, and the point that Jesus makes, is that whatever time it takes, it is worth it to pursue and take back what has been lost. There's no expiration date on that process. It's never too late. It might take days, it might take weeks, it might take years. For any of these cases, the point is, 
that they were willing to go and take the time that was necessary to take back what they had lost. And the second observation that I made about this story for the very first time is in relation to freedom. Not freedom from pain, of course, but the freedom in which each of our three heroes were able to go and confront loss. You read these stories and you notice that they relentlessly went after what had been lost, relentlessly waited for what had been lost. <clears throat> there was nothing holding them down. The shepherd didn't think twice. Not even 99 sheep or 99 problems or 99 of anything were too much for him to go after <clears throat> what was lost. That's freedom. And we often don't think about freedom in moments like these. The woman interrupted her entire schedule. Who knows how many lunch meetings she canceled, how many dinner parties, how many other chores, how many other things she wanted to do was freely just interrupted her life to pursue the coin. And the text doesn't tell us, but I imagine that father was standing by that door. Didn't care who said what. Didn't matter who told him to get over it. Because you notice that he was the first one to see the sun arrive. <laughs> and he waited unapologetically, unashamed, totally free to wait to take back what had been lost. So where does sin come in? You see, sin distracts us from this kind of freedom. Sin makes us waste time and keeps us from moving freely. In fact, the more sin that we allow and take on in our lives without getting rid of it, the weaker we are to let go of said sin. And so as sin creates a sense of painful loss in our lives, instead of having the freedom that we see in our heroes of these stories, to go and take it on in the name of Jesus, to go back and take back what evil is trying to rob from us, we get a bit more preoccupied because we have our hands full. So what does that look like? Well, 
I think it sort of looks like this rope over time. And I'm going to ask Pastor John to help me with this sin illustration. We hang on, powerless to let go. And our biggest mechanism to deal with it isn't exactly what Christ wants, is that to take it from us completely, we want to simply put it behind us, create distance. But you see, what happens is that in not letting go, it just follows us. And the longer we keep holding on, it gets tangled enough our lives. And we go with the ups and downs in life, bringing this on, tangling, tripping. And what Christ wants to do is completely take it from us. But we're not free. We're not free to take on the promises of Jesus. Because our hands are full. We're not free to simply let go to the new life that Jesus wants to give us because we are hanging on for our dear lives. And what Jesus wants to do is for us to let go. For us to completely be free. Because you know, that the ultimate painful loss that gives way to life is the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that's what these heroes foreshadow for us. By the death of Christ on the cross, we have the power to confront sin ourselves. We don't simply have to make distance in our lives. We don't simply just have to put it beside or put it behind or do anything in our own power to forget. Because the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to take sin from our lives. The blood of Jesus is powerful enough to break the cords of sin that entangle us. So that in those moments where painful loss comes, and it will come, and moments of stumbling appear on our path, and they will show up, we are free, just like our heroes are to leave everything aside and take back what God promises us. We are free to claim the power of Jesus' name over any situation and tell evil that it does not have residence in our lives. Entails sin and addiction and all kinds of other things that are trying to break us that it no longer can take residence in our lives. 
we are not hanging on to that any longer. We are free. By the power of Jesus, we are free to let go and grab on to the new life that Christ gives us. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.